It's your week, your sports, the new Clarksville Now podcast. I'm John Glass, along with Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. It's your week, your sports. John Glass here. Another week hanging out with Christian Brown from Clarksville Now and Mr. Jeff Matthews. Boys, how was your week? Pretty great. Can't complain. Uh, you know, high school football starting back up. Uh, covered right. the first practice for Kirkwood High School. Okay. Well, actually, it was their 13th, but the first one Clarksville now is covered. So, you know, really looking forward to see how they build that program moving forward. How are the boys out there looking? They looked really good. Yeah. They really did. It was, a little, it was a little muggy out there, oh, though. I, I don't miss those days. At least they're getting a little bit of a break of it right now, though, because yeah. of, we had that rain coming yesterday. So it's only like eight. 80. Just wait until like mid July once it hits like 97 and 100% humidity. Yeah. Oh, it'll get hot. Yeah, it'll get hot. My week was awesome. I was uh, this past weekend, I was actually out there. I went to a bull riding competition. Yeah, that was incredible. Had a fun time. We were out there at the Which Walker ended Ranch. Crazy farm. though. Did you tag yourself? It in? did. I wanted to very badly. I wanted to make it happen. Uh, it turns out there was a waiver. and Sign that thing! I didn't have my insurance card on Don't me, question it. Just sign exactly, it. Exactly, right? Don't think about it. But it did It did end uh, a, little, a little crazy just for a little bit. One of the riders just took two really good falls and got shaken up a little bit, so they Ooh. had to take him to the hospital uh, by ambulance. But You know what they say, though? Once you get knocked off the horse, you just got to get right back on. That's right. Mm-hmm. And trust me, he probably will. All these bull riders... Do they're, they, they, they have are to some be of the fearless. toughest people in the world? Um, such a cool event. I had a great time. Awesome, awesome. yeah. Uh, so let's get right into it. You're alluding to it a little earlier, Christian. High school sports. We got football going on, but what else is cooking up? Yeah, I just want to make a note real quick. So the article over the Kirkwood football season preview will be released this week. I'm guessing on Thursday or Friday. <laughs> so uh, then, also another update. The Clarksville Now All Area Team will be released by Friday as well. So uh, then, just as a kind of, we're going to break some news on the podcast today. So just to give, oh yeah, that was nice, Sean. Oh oh, I love it. So just to kind of tease everybody, we're going to release the pitcher of the year, which was Christian Henderson from CHS. So just to go over some stats for the junior, which he he has another year to just grow and develop as a player. Uh, he pitched 69.2 innings this year, uh, won nine games, uh, gave up six runs wow. throughout the entire season. Then also, so his ERA accumulated to 0.60. Wow. Nice season. Yeah. And, you know, that's one reason he's also being considered as – Clarksville now player of the year. You know, I have to kind of look at the stats uh, moving forward before deciding that because there's a couple other players that really stood out. But Christian Henderson did win pitcher of the year. So congratulations, Christian. Pitcher of the year going for player of the year. And uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of categories and uh, you can check that out. Coming out. What do you think? This end of this Friday. Yeah, Friday. Friday. All right. Friday dropping at ClarksvilleNow.com. Just click on the uh, sports section. And uh, go check out that awesome article written by Christian Brown. And uh, 
Yeah, anything else going on in high school, Christian? I think that's about it. You know, we're just going to continue building up the series covering high school football teams this summer, uh, just kind of, you know, doing that preview and seeing what the season holds for them. Yeah, yeah hopefully we'll get some uh, coaches, maybe some players yeah. in. We can talk about a little bit during that offseason. What, what are some of these coaches up to? What does like, that program look like uh, as they go into the season coming up here in August? Yeah. Goals. Just everything. Exactly. We, we Expectations. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. Get some of those coaches in because nothing like Friday Night Lights. Well, that and then on top of that, Kirkwood, brand new school into the Clarksville area. A lot of people are wondering what that team is going to look like, but especially this, since seniors have a choice on whether or not they go to the new high school or whether they continue to finish out their high school career at the school that they've been going to. It was kind of like, like when I was in high school, uh, I graduated in 2010 in West Creek High School. Had uh, just came in, okay. Uh, kind of close. I don't know if it was like my junior year or sophomore, or senior year, one of those. Uh, but there was a handful of kids who went over to West Creek. Like they had the option to stay at Rossview, uh, or if they lived a little bit further out, uh, they could go to West Creek. And some of them did go to West Creek. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Do you know what district they're playing in? Uh, I, I will have to double check, okay. but they'll be playing alongside of uh, teams such as Rossview, okay. So CHS, what is that? The Northeast three, is that the four four A? I, I believe that is. I believe it is, though. But we'll have to double play, check. I know they are. They do have a non-district game matchup against Nashville Magnet. I believe that's the first or second week of their season. I'm excited to see what they're going to look like, along with everybody else. Yeah, you know, the thing about it also is they looked pretty structured <clears throat> out on the field today when I did go to just, you know, kind of scope them out. Um, and that's that's just all props to Chad Watson, who's taken over this program moving forward. You know, he's building it from the ground up and that takes a lot of, you know, discipline, you know? Well, you know, we've, we've all, we talked about this before. One of the big things at Clarksville is that the talent just gets so spread out due to being so, there being so many high schools. But if you look statistically Clarksville, I think uh, there was another article on Clarksville now that was posted about Clarksville, being uh, more people are moving to Clarksville than any other city in the state yeah. of Tennessee last year. I think there was like 6,000 people. That is correct. Uh, not great for my homeowner uh, uh, aspirations, but <laughs> it is good for high school sports. You're going to have a lot more families, a lot more kids, and a lot more talent coming in. And uh, I think we're going to get a good view of that uh, by how Kirkwood does yeah, this year. It's going to be really cool because, you know, these kids that, you know, maybe were on the bench at other schools are getting the spotlight on them at Kirkwood. Now, I think that's just going to be, they're going to stand out in ways. Sure, maybe someone who just, you know, slid through the cracks and didn't get a a shot, and maybe they're the next kid who gets offered. Exactly. Another great opportunity in in Clarksville. For sure. For sure. A lot of cool stuff happening in high school uh, realm here in Clarksville. Uh, Moving on. Austin P, the OVC 75th anniversary team. Uh, Some very interesting names on there, Jeff. Oh, yeah. So... The OVC, as uh, most people know, was Austin Peay's former conference that they played in for the athletes. And now the OVC, as their 75th season comes up, even though Austin P has already left the OVC and are now a part of the ASUN conference, a, a committee has decided to put together the 75th anniversary team for all the different sports in the OVC. So football and soccer have received players that will be named to the 75th anniversary team. Starting things out with football, 11 out of the 135 athletes for football were announced our governors. Bob Bible, a linebacker from 1974, played to 1977. Tim Chilcutt, defensive back, played 1962 to 65. Terrence Holt, running back and return specialist, 2007 to 2010. John Ogles, running back, 1963 to 66. 
Uh, Harold Red Roberts, wide receiver, 1967 to 70. Bonnie Sloan, defensive line, 1969 to 72. And then we start getting into some of the more recent Austin P. Governors, Kentel Williams, a running back from 2016 to 2019. Cordell Jackson, an incredible defensive back, 2017 to 2021. D'Angelo Wilson, an incredible wide receiver, 2017 to 2020. Jason Williams, a defensive line, 2016 to 2018. And then one of the bigger names on this list for the Austin P. Governors, Coach James Boots Donnelly, who was a coach from 1977 to 1978. He actually got Austin P. their first OVC title in 1977. Ended up going on to coach at MTSU and then also has been inducted into uh, the College Football Hall of Fame. So a lot of cool names on that yeah. list. A lot of cool names that were uh, some recent ones as well. Some, that, yeah. some names that I got to even cover. Look, these, all these these names are great. Very well respected Govs and I think they definitely deserve to be on this list. There's one name though that I think was left off this list. Who's that? That is Mr. Daniel Becker. Okay. Probably one of the most feared linebackers in Austin P history. Uh, he was actually my young li- one of my young life leaders back in high school. Oh. Uh, knee injury got him one of the years. Uh, he was all OVC. He was a three-time captain for Austin P. Uh, I think he had average 10 tackles a game. Just a monster. Like Austin P actually, I think they said the top 10 uh, Austin P players of all time when, back in 2020 when we all had way too much free time they made <laughs> uh becker though one of the nicest dudes ever but a monster on the field very very feared and uh yeah he i think he should have been put on this list uh obviously i have a little bit of bias but uh nonetheless this list is pretty cool terrence holt man terrence holt was insane i think the first time he touched a football uh he ran it for like a 75 yard i uh, think return, you're right uh, touchback uh touchdown return yes it was he was a monster there's a lot of great names on this one name that stands out for me one of my favorite all-time governors was cordell jackson the defensive uh, back in 2017 to 2021 talk about lock down he corner. was my favorite defensive player to watch as for the austin p governors it was incredible i remember being in the booth so i used to call games for austin p and it was always, I felt like every defensive play, I felt like I was saying Cordell Jackson's name in some former capacity. I mean, he was just everywhere. <clears throat> and he was a bigger guy who was able to move across the field very quickly. And he had a very high football IQ. Very, very glad that I was able to uh, watch him play. As he continues his professional career now, too. So that's that's amazing to see how they develop on the next level as well. So shout out to Cordell uh, I know Jeff loves you very much. <laughs> Other cool names on that list, D'Angelo Wilson, the wide receiver for Austin P. He was a huge member for the Governors when he was here. It's hard. Dude, this is this list is hard because like there's names over the past like 15 years or even 10 years that we really think deserved some spotlight. And maybe that's something we do over the summer when we have a little bit of free time is like go over our top Austin P. football players. Right. As many names as I feel like I could Add to this list. I I don't want to take no, any of the names absolutely. off. Absolutely, exactly. like, these are all legends. Because you can make very very strong arguments for all of these players to be on this list. I think one player that could have been on this list if he had not transferred from Austin P and if Austin P had remained in the OVC was Dre McRae. Oh yeah, Dre McRae. He was electrifying. Came in with um, Scotty Walden, I believe. Yeah. yeah. First year and ended up, I think he ended up having 17 receptions, a lot of touchdowns along with it. 
great wide receiver for Austin I mean, P. And then transferred. Yeah, yeah. You know, the two-year production window where I think he had close to 2,000 yards receiving. Yep. Uh, then also, I think around 17 touchdowns in two years. You know, yeah. speaks per, to his production to level. Was it Martin? No. I don't know if it's been announced yet. Has it? That's a very strong possibility. I haven't. I don't feel like I remember <clears throat> seeing anything about where he went. Because whoever does end up with him on their roster, man, they are going to get a playmaker. Not as not just as a wide receiver, but as a return specialist too. You know, he can just impact every phase of the game. It seems like Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Oh, you're Raiders. kidding. Yeah, he went back to he went to Texas Tech, which is interesting because if you guys know, Austin P had a couple of coaches that went to Texas Tech last year oh, at the beginning of the season. That's right. Um, Scotty Walden has a group of guys. Scotty Walden himself is from Texas. Reckham Tech. Um, so this is not as surprising having maybe it, a couple of coaches from Austin P going down to Texas Tech, recognizing the talent that. Dre McRae had. It's not surprising that he ends up there. It fits, man. I'll tell you what, too. You know, I think Ryan Leaf, the former first-round quarterback that turned into a bust in the league, uh, he mentioned that he believes Texas Tech may win the Big 12 this year. So if that happens, Dre McRae will be celebrating and we'll be so happy for him. Oh, it would be incredible. I would love yeah. that so much. I would have to probably, I would honestly probably buy tickets to yeah. see if he's. Playing in a playoff game. I mean, he has to make an instant impact, right? Oh, huge. As a, He's still a sophomore, I think. Yeah. Right, in his for the talent, time being. Now, maybe at Texas Tech, maybe he is kind of up there with competing talent. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so it might take him a couple of games, maybe a couple of weeks to get used to things. Yeah. But I feel like with a little bit of training and a little bit of work, I think this guy's ready for big games yeah. and making big differences. Yeah. Just to so. correct myself real quick, he's a junior Going yeah. into his junior season. Sorry right. about that. Look, Texas Tech, awesome, awesome university. We all remember the Mike Leach days, Patty Mahomes, Man. Michael yeah. Crabtree. I mean, you remember when Mike Leach uh, showed Eric Taylor how to get to Lubbock, Texas. Oh, right. Yeah. Little Friday Night Lights throwback. I'll tell you what, RIP to the legend Mike Leach, oh, too. That is one of the most heartbreaking losses for college football. It was. I, re- I really loved how college football did a nice little tribute to him, though. Swing your sword. That's right. Moving things over, though, I did want to bring up that for the OVC 75th anniversary team, there was also <laughs> athletes added to the soccer team. Tatiana and Natalia Ariza played from 2010 to 2013, and... Natalia was named All-OVC four times and a three-time first-team All-OVC. Tatiana, 2010 OVC Freshman of the Year and a 2012 Offensive Player of the Year. The really cool thing about these players, these two girls, both sisters, ended up both going on to play for Columbia in two separate Olympics and four separate World Cups. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that, that that's incredible. Insane. Not to mention, like, one, that's the biggest stage of soccer Ever. There's a handful both, of gloves. Those are like that's stage number one and stage number two of soccer. I, I prefer the World Cup over oh, everything. Yes, a hundred percent. But to do that, one, together as sisters, and then two, yeah. Colombia is a huge country for oh soccer. Like huge. this isn't like a team that's not good or anything like that. This is a hard team to make. So these two girls ended up making it all the way to the top. And I think that's awesome. I think that's one of the coolest stories probably to come out of Austin P athletics in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, Austin P has pumped out a couple of uh, Olympic players. I think uh, softball, softball player for Canada, right? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, yes. you're right. I, 
I can't think of I can't, her I'm name at the time too. being. But, Sorry. You know, but you're listening. You're definitely right. You know, they produce, you know, Olympic athletes. That Great. is nuts. Well, that's cool. I mean, yes, we have Olympic athletes. That's a sector. But I mean, Austin P has also put in a oh. lot of major league talent, too. A lot of baseball players have gone on to play some sports. Tennis, I believe we have a couple of tennis players who have went on to play tennis professionally. Austin P. Athletics is a pretty good funnel. AJ Ellis. Can't forget That's about right. Terry Taylor. That's right. Terry Taylor with the Chicago Bulls now. Yeah. But, he was recently in Clarksville. Yeah. Yeah. Austin P. Athletics actually posted a picture of him at uh, the Dunn Center. Getting, getting back to the. Work? Yeah, I think so. That's Just amazing. hanging out, shooting some baskets. Now, another uh, name was on that list as well. So shout out to Sarah Broadbent, who was a goalkeeper from 2002 to 2005 for the uh, Gov soccer team. Nice. Nice. You know, it's awesome to see the Govs represented on this list. I mean, I don't know. What more can you say? It's just pretty insane. Uh, moving on, we have, uh, I guess we can talk about some NCAA baseball. Uh, moving forward, we can talk about, you know, the matchups tonight and going towards the championships. And uh, that's really all we need to discuss. I mean. What about, uh, well, what about ten- Tennessee? What? I think there was. What? If I remember correctly, from what I watched last night uh, on uh, television. And what you said before the game to us. Right. Who? Who, him? No, you said. No, wait. What did I say? You said that their third string starting pitcher wasn't going to do much against no, Tennessee. No, no, no. Hang on. False. I have the stats. I have the stats. False. You don't so have a quote he ended either. up going. Hold on. Let's I'll see tell you what here. I said, Christian. Nate Ackenhausen ended up going. I think that's a All right, six let's get innings then. pitched. Seven strikeouts and walked zero. Yeah, a couple questionable calls. No, and so, if you want to add on top of it, there's no earned runs because there were no runs because he allowed none. So let's let's start at the beginning. What Christian's alluding to. What I said was that on paper this is a good matchup for Tennessee. Right, with, uh, good matchup for Tennessee with Drew Beam on the mound. Uh, after Drew Beam got settled in, he was he did not pitch bad. He had nine, I think, he oh, had nine Ks. He had a great night. He had a great game. He, he had did. zero offense to back him up. It was the uh, kind of like the Max Scherzer. Well, if you want your bad stat, here's UT's batting line: six hits, nine strikeouts across all of y'all. I'd say then, three or four of those strikeouts were just completely terrible calls. Well, and then but also still, you could argue that no you guys excuse. had no patience in the batter's box because only one of y'all. Yeah, walked. because you got to swing it. Balls three inches outside are going to be right. called strike. Ackenhausen is throwing. Can we talk for a second? That he yeah. was. We'll get back to the great, great thing of Nate Ackenhausen. Can we talk about these umpires? Not just in this game, but in all of these games in the NCAA College World Series. Let it out, John. They have umpire been, error is natural. I don't yeah, know if I you understand can argue that. that. I understand that, but this is the College World Series. I think three of these umpires were were major league umpires that got canned, so they just go down to a lower level because they're just not good enough, and then they want to ruin these kids' careers. All right, there, I said it. John, do you want an electric strike zone? <laughs> um, oh. Oh God, that's that that's a good debate. We can get into that, that is, after. That's, that's a tough debate. Because that's what it sounds like you want. And I, if you want that, that's fine, but I don't, say I, that you want I that. I don't. I want perfect humans. Um, okay, so okay, so then we're now, no, I just, we're now I, in the argument of you understand. I want that. I want consistency too because it was the, like, that was one of the bigger problems. Like if you were calling that the entire game and like everybody knew it, then it's different. It's different, but right. like there was especially when Paul Skeens pitched against Tennessee on Saturday. That was there was some blatantly bad calls that were not going back either way. I, I think it comes down to you know what you want from umpires 
consistency, of course, like he said, but also accountability. You know, I don't think umpires are held accountable enough. And not I'm not saying that at the lower levels because, you know, In there's the umpires. Levels, no. Yeah, exactly. Pay, pay, them a sal- pay them on, put them on salary, pay them benefits, and then make them go up to a podium when they completely screw up and answer questions. Like, I mean, I yeah. think that's a fair thing. But you got to – that all starts with having to – the major league, oh. they have to employ, like full-time employ You're their exactly umpires. Right. And, you know, I think you said at this level it shouldn't happen, but at the major leagues, it yeah. happens all the time. Like, maybe they're a little bit more consistent, but they've employed Angel Hernandez for how many years? None of us know how that's possible. But he, I don't, don't think you he's, dare say a word about Cowboy Joe West. Uh, I won't, but... I'll say a lot. For Angel Neither Hernandez. One of them. No, Cowboy Joe West is a legend. I love Joe West. Yeah. But no matter what, anyway, you know, not enough. Though. Uh, it, it's got to get it's got to get better. I think in these situations, like if you have to bring some major league umpires down there and like give them a defined box. And well, they bring major league announcers and that doesn't go well. Yeah, like we I mean, we can talk about that. That was that was rough. That was rough to You're listen gonna, to. Th- I mean, there's some- if you guys didn't see it, there was a home run call that <laughs> was so atrocious. And don't get me wrong. I'm not even talking about that as an announcer. I get it. I've been there before. We have bad calls. We have really bad calls. I'm not going to say I've never had a bad call. Yeah. Jeff's never no. had a bad call. I'm just saying. That was a really rough call to hear. And it, and I think that that does go to the fact that they don't allow the announcers that are with these teams for the whole entire season mm-hmm. announce those bigger games. They usually bring in teams to do it. Was there just no life to the call? <clears throat> it, it, he, there was, he had it was incorrect. There was a lot. He, he, said the, he said TCU hit the home run and then... <laughs> How about had Jared? to backtrack on that, and then said it again oh. in How a about, different way, and then had to backtrack on that. It was just some terrible program. How about during the Tennessee Stanford game, where the uh, what was it, the NCAA president comes in there, and then just for an entire inning or something, just talks about the most boring stuff and starts chastising an IL. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. Nobody see something. Wanted, nobody on wants that. to hear that. It makes it to the point to where you just got to mute the TV. I wonder if he just forced his way in there to give his two cents on the pretty much the matter. Well, if he's in attendance, I can see the production value of being like, let's go grab him real for quick. an out, yeah, not an inning. This isn't, yeah, right. this isn't Sunday night baseball where you have a pre-planned segment. Yeah. This is a very intense baseball game that you. Yeah, that's play. true. Like, this is the biggest tournament. Yeah, but anyway, baseball. but anyway, before we get off on too big, big of a rant and track. Uh, Tennessee did not could not get the job done. Nope. Uh, they're hitting. I did not feel. I told Jeff this earlier. I just did not feel confident with their. Like you know the, the point where you're watching whether you're, it's your football team trying to make a drive down the field or your baseball team, and you just like you got some of the guys up to bat, and you just like do not feel confident that they are going to get a hit at all. It's just like you're hopeful, but like the pessimism sets in, and you're just it, it's tough. But Tennessee. They battled back. I'm not. They had some good moments. It just they were so inconsistent with the bats in this tournament. Well, yes, I'm not going to say they're not. They weren't because they yeah. were. But I also think you also have to acknowledge that you had some pitching issues as well. The bullpen. I mean, the pitching. Don't get me wrong. Drew Drew Beam went great. Five point two innings pitched. This That's was fantastic. the only. This now was my the, personal favorite number is six innings pitched. This was the only. This was the only true game that Tennessee 
actually struggled with pitching, I think, this entire yeah, tournament. Yeah, because A.J. Russell went 1.1 right after Beam. Aaron Combs went zero innings, he technically. Plunked, Combs plunked three guys yeah. in one inning, too. Yeah, then Seth Halverson went .1 innings, so for, what, one for, out? Yeah, he had a strikeout, and then Tony decides he's going to bring in who? Wyatt? Uh, Camden Sewell for Cam- one inning. Yeah, decided he's going to bring in Camden Sewell to try to get the ground ball double play, and that just didn't work out. Right, and then the following inning, Kirby Connolly came in for .2 innings. Yeah, so there was some questionable pitching decisions by Tony V at that point. Uh, I think he would let Seth Halverson fi- figure that out and finish that out there. I think, AJ, I mean, was A.J. Russell needing to go back out? He was not, no. I mean, um, obviously, I mean, he goes point one point one, so I figured he'd probably pull him out for a reason. But then, I mean, you go to Camden Sewell. Why did he take Camden Sewell out? I don't know. Okay, so maybe is that was was that one of the bigger issues, no, too? No, it, it, it was, I think he was over overcoaching, but again. Overcoaching, okay. Yeah. Tennessee just... They couldn't get they couldn't get the bats going. They had numerous times bases loaded, runners on. And you know, I'll, I want to point this out because we mentioned it yesterday when we were speaking off the off the record. Uh, but you know, LSU has a potential first overall pick. They've got like four major league. Well, I know, but they have right now. possibly the first overall pick in the draft. Dylan Cruz, their third base, their third base, yeah, who hit a home run in the ninth inning. Their first yeah, base kind of sealed the deal. Too, it did seal that. the deal. They got Tommy Tanks. I mean, like the, that LSU team, and we can get into this too. That I LSU think it's, team, I think it's time to get into that. No, no, no that, this LSU team. Let's be honest. That was a bought team this year. That was a one hundred percent bought team. You're going to say bought, but I told you earlier. Through NIL money? The NIL deals no, are, and it, it's just a part of who yeah. the college world is now. We can get into that. I don't necessarily hate that. Um, well, LSU was really just the first one to go all out in college baseball and like finance their team like that. LSU like they was also paying players before an ideal in basketball. Uh, so no, I mean, I just want to put that LSU, out there. That Shout out World Wade. I think we, I think we all, we all are paying players. Tennessee still waiting from that judgment from the NCAA. Which God wouldn't it have been the most uh, UT <laughs> thing if Tennessee loses and then they immediately get their judgment today from the NCAA, like a four year. Uh, Four four year probation, two year bowl ban, or whatever for the Jeremy Pruitt McDonald's bag fiasco. Oh my gosh! No, <laughs> yeah, no. it would be bad. It would be the most Tennessee thing ever. Greg Sankey, but everybody would. I, there would be so many people that would be happy for it. Greg Sankey in the NCAA. I you you better not. I dare you. You better not. <laughs> I we turned ourselves that. in. I wouldn't say we that. turned ourselves in. We set an example. If you. If Tennessee gets hammered, we, we can get off this. We're not trying to get too far off. Tennessee gets hammered for what happened with the Jeremy Pruitt thing after they set the example, what the NCAA wants. Th- this should be a slap on the wrist. It made it. Was it their team that it self-reported was like it? Or no. was it the athletic department? Because they have people in the athletic department for that very I think reason. It, I think it was like Tennessee knew the that they were pretty department. much... They, Tennessee knew they were pretty much caught, and they kind of self-reported. Pretty, pretty much, they they learned from the they learned from the Bruce Pearl barbecue fiasco, where Bruce was basically the NCAA showed Bruce Pearl pictures of him. Like, <laughs> look at this, Bruce. He was like, "This is you. This is Bruce." This was is like, a violation, Bruce. That wasn't me. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I don't know who that was. Who who was that? But anyway, LSU is really the first team to do this, and we're probably going to see a lot more of this. Um, we're going to see a lot more of LSU. There were there were rumors flying around that Chase Burns, Tennessee's flamethrower, uh, uh, was being tampered with by LSU. 
and that they What does are, that mean tampered with? Uh they're basically Recruiting trying to get him illegally. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, that's what you mean. Yeah, okay. They're trying they're trying to get him in the transfer portal and get him to out say of there. They were messing with his glove or something on the mound. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You never can put it past the Tigers. Uh but anyway, this this he, I'll I'll wrap it up with Tennessee by saying this season is has been really really good for Tony V and the boys like they have not they did not expect to go this far. I no. mean, I know they were preseason ranked number 2, but even Tony V said, "Look, we were not that team after starting 5 and 10 in the SEC coming back to make Omaha win a game in Omaha, one of the last five teams like hats off to the Vols." And we were talking about this earlier too. Tennessee had as an athletic program overall had the best uh sports year in all the SEC. Like overall had the best. And like I think SEC on Twitter they put up the graphic too like multiple SEC championships and other sport, like lower level sports too. Men's NCAA Sweet 16, women's NCAA Sweet 16, both men's baseball and women's softball make college world series. Tennessee demolishes Clemson in a New Year's Six Bowl and if Hendon Hooker doesn't get hurt they pretty much go to the college football playoffs. Wrapped up a year in Tennessee athletics. That's hard to say that they would make it to the playoffs. Who was going to stop them, Vandy? If they, if they, Hooker doesn't get hurt, they probably beat South Carolina in that game. I don't know. Their defense got lit up. I know, but but Josh Heupel's offense, too high power. But I want to say this real quick, too. I think at a national level, they were one of the best across the big three sports. I think the only team right now that, you know, you could debate is probably the most prolific athletic department right now is TCU because right now they're still in the running for the college world series. Yeah. They made the world champ or the national championship game. Yeah. Then also in basketball with Jamie Dixon, they, they definitely made an impact too. So TCU is on the up and up. I don't know. How's that football team going to be looking? Uh, they're, they're probably going to have a down year. Don't you think with Max Duggan gone in the NFL now? So that's something also to think about. I don't know where he was drafted actually, but you know, I just want to point that out real yeah, quick no, too. For sure. and, you know, also let's look at what we have coming up for Sure, in the NCAA baseball. Yeah. So let's get into that. So if we look at last week, <laughs> Well, here, I'll go ahead and we'll start with what's going on right now. So, some games that went down over the past couple of days. So, me and Christian decided to take some picks last week, and this is what kind of went down. We had Wake, I chose Wake Forest to win. I was right. Florida win, that was right. Tennessee win, that was uh, wrong. TCU to win, that was right. Christian chose Stanford to win, that was wrong. Florida got right. LSU, he got right. Oral Roberts, he got Wrong. I'm just heartbroken. Which I think we all are. Because yeah. that was one I both, you and I both said, we kind of wanted Oral Roberts to win this game because nobody thought that they were going to actually win that game. I just want an underdog always to go so far in the tournament and, you know, pull off an upset maybe in the College World Series too. Nice, it, man. it would never have happened with the level of competition, uh, I don't think. But, you know, I think the coolest story about Oral Roberts, uh, the first base coach gave out gummies it's crazy, isn't it? Every Wait, single gummies. time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like gummy worms. Yeah. Oh, gummy, okay, okay. gummy worms. Every single time a player got on first base. I think that is hilarious. Nice. So that's that's a funny story, but, you know, props hey, to gonna, Jeff. Gonna, speaking of coaches and on first base, dude, ESPN's got to watch. <laughs> they got to watch their mic levels from their umpires. Oh, gosh. The first base because there was uh, one of Tennessee's first base coach uh, let something slip uh, last night. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, 
that's not great. But <laughs> All right, so what do we got going on right now? Well, LSU will be playing Wake Forest. That game is going to be on later tonight. Going on technically like right now, we are recording while this game is going on. Florida is playing TCU. Now, how both of these games are going to go. If LSU wins their game tonight, they are going to play again tomorrow against Wake Forest because Wake Forest is the number one seed. So same goes for the Florida TCU. If TCU comes out with a win today against Florida, they're going to play again tomorrow because Florida has the higher seed over TCU. And then the College World Series will start on June 24th, which is coming up on uh, Saturday, and then it'll run until possibly Monday. It's a best of three games, so if they have to play that third game, it'll be on Monday night. You know, I think, should we go ahead and... Get into our predictions. Oh, we can, yeah. Uh, I, I got it down right here. Okay, okay. Right, you so ready? Let's start with John. John, John, Wake Forest versus LSU. Who's winning it? Demon Deacons, just pure hatred for the LSU Tigers. Now, are you? Um, so. do you think they'll win the first game and um, that'll be it? Or do you think LSU will push to that so they're playing, second they're playing game? they're playing tonight. Yes. Right, so, so Wake Forest Paul wins. Ske- Paul Skeen's pitched. He pitched on. He pitched over 100 pitches on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So it's, it'd be four days. I mean, they, that's a day. They could. They I, could try. I, I don't think, think they're going to pitch Paul Skeens. Tonight, I think it's. I think they have to. It's do or die. Too. You know. Well, no, because if they lose, if Wake Forest loses, they'll play again tomorrow. No, I'm saying though, if they don't win, though, they go home. <clears throat> you want? You, mm-hmm. I feel like you have to put your best pitcher on the mound if that's the it's case. A, it's a tough scenario. Um, but, but I think LSU you wins hate tonight. To see it. I think LSU wins tonight. Then Wake Forest comes out on top during their second. Stephen Deacons all the way. Mark me down for it, Jeff. You got Demon Deacons. Yeah, get the get them Tigers out of here. Send and you back got down Florida, you got LSU tonight. <clears throat> you got LSU tonight to, to then Wake Forest winning it <clears throat> tomorrow. Yep. Just putting off the inevitable. Yeah. Tomorrow. All right. I am going T-Bob to T Bob Herbert. You know that you seen that dude? What? Dude on uh Twitter, T Bob T Bob Herbert. No. Whatever he's like, some ESPN affiliate down in uh, Baton Rouge or whatever. No, hate that guy. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Wake Forest wins it tonight. So we're we all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Or we all except, agree that Wake Forest we, is going yeah, to win tonight, but we all have a different way of going about. Got you. Got you. I, I think Wake. Well, me and John win. think it's the same way. We yeah. think it's going to yeah. be win I think, tonight. I think Wake's winning tonight. I don't know. LSU's just been so now on fire. Now man. the series that might get real interesting is this Florida versus TCU series. I feel like this one actually could be really close. Let's start right now. Starts to, uh, yeah, that game started at one o'clock. So that's an elimination game for TCU. Correct. Why do you start that game? Like, this is what I, like, we, well, they're both elimination games. I know, but like, this is, this is kind of my, part of my bugaboo with why the NCAA College World Series is squeezed into literally one week Mm -hmm. with the entire thing. I think that this should be, you should make this a three week, two and a half, three week tournament and then stretch it out into preseason football and then boom, no laps in sports. Would have been nice, but that's not how they do it. Yeah. So I'm choosing TCU for today's matchup, but it's same Florida? situation. Uh, Florida wins it uh, tomorrow. As okay. M- as much as I hate to say this, and I like I do not enjoy doing this. Dun, 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 dun. I'm already writing it. Go Gator! No, um, I think Florida gets it done. Yeah. Uh, I don't want. I don't. I don't like seeing Florida succeed at all. Uh, I hope only bad things happen to their football program. Wow. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, but I think that this is a very talented Florida team. They showed that in the regular season, the SEC tournament. 
And I think Florida gets it done, no questions asked. I don't think that any of these elimination games, I don't think any of these like semifinal games really go past the first game. I think the teams that have been in the driver's seat stay in the driver's seat and they go to play each other in the championship game. So we have a one versus, what, a two, basically. It was Florida the two seed on the other side, I think. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, two best teams seeded. I think that's what we're looking at, boys. You okay. know, I was going to say Florida, but I'm not going to be boring. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit okay. so I look great if this plays out this way. So I'm going to go ahead and bet on TCU. To win both, yes. win both games? Yes, which is it going to happen? More than likely not, but I'm going to take a chance. I'm gonna, I like it. Yeah, I'm going to take that prediction. All right, so just to recap, John's got Wake Forest. Uh, Chris, Jenna has got LSU to win it tonight and then Wake Forest to win it tomorrow. I got Wake Forest winning it tonight as well. Tomorrow, or let me rephrase that. We got John taking Florida for today. Christian saying TCU going to win it today and tomorrow. And then I have uh, TCU winning it today, Florida winning it tomorrow to take it into the uh, World Series. So, College World Series yep. really starting to pick up. Starts off Saturday. Who's going to be playing? Not so sure, but it's going to be fun no matter what, how we get there. Yeah, we'll find out soon enough. I'll tell you what. For sure. And, uh, yeah, just kind of wrapping things up, we can touch on uh, trying to decipher DeAndre Hopkins' uh, cryptic tweets and his Man. cryptic stuff. Like, So he said, the whatever team I play with, that wide receiver room is going to be awesome or something. Something to that extent. Where do you think? Where do y'all think he's going? At, so he visited with the Titans. What was it last? Week? Two weeks ago, maybe. Might have been like two weeks ago. He visited with the Titans, and, and then, then last week, Patriots. Last week with the Patriots. I don't know All if anything else they, is lined up. Is that it? he he had a no. I don't think he has any other visits lined up for the time being. Yeah, they said he had a great visit with the Titans. We show he. They did the whole nine. They got a limo. They got a graphic with him in a jersey. Welcome, DeAndre Hopkins. Took him to a Tim McGraw concert uh, during CMA Fest. Like, Titans rolled out the red carpet for him, and then he went up to the Patriots, and then obviously Bill Belichick. I mean, like, Bill's not going to... He's not going to, like, wow you with a... I'm surprised his visit with the Patriots went so well, though. It was reported and went really well with them. See, and what do we know about that, too? I mean, like, Ian Rappaport's reporting that it went real well, too, and I trust Ian. And maybe that's from team sources and not DeAndre Hopkins sources. Yeah, but and then there's always the, hey, my cousin's best friend who knows DeAndre's second brother. (laughs) Uh, They say... Oh, he's definitely... So, the... Pro Football Focus two hours ago said the Patriots are the betting favorites to land DeAndre Hopkins at plus one. I would, one, plus I would be willing to bet the Titans are more. They said more of they a said favorite. the Bills were second at plus three fifty, and I think that the Bills have already came out and said that he's pretty much not going to the Bills. Yeah, Stephon Diggs was actually pissed off that DeAndre Hop they w- wouldn't sign DeAndre Hopkins, which I think selfishly because he wants some. Is of that the why Stephon Diggs was mad? Yeah, because uh, he uh, he wants some of the uh, that among a couple other things, but I think he wants some of the heat taken off him, like. It's hard to get your yards. I mean, and stuff he is getting triple you know, teamed or whatever. Exactly. So and, I would understand why he wants DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think the Bills are in the position where they really want to do that right or now. Or can afford him probably too at the same time. Yeah, you know who can't afford Stephon Diggs though? Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys are never going to do that. Jerry will never break into his profits like that. Think? No, Jerry think? wouldn't do that. Well, let's let's break down that wide receiver. It's room weird because they spotted Stephon Diggs in Dallas. A couple. They weeks. spotted Stephon Diggs in New York. Uh, the other day, but also his brother lives in the Dallas. Exactly, it's a great transition. They've been talking about bringing stuff on to the Cowboys for years. You know much, you know much draft capital they would have to give up. Oh yeah, a lot. Like I'm talking like 
He's kind of up there in age now, where he's 31, but he's still one top three wide receivers in the league. Still very high up in their game. So you're talking at least two first-round picks, I highly probably. doubt they were going to ever do it. Yeah. But to <clears> say that cool. there was no talks is not true. Yeah. So this is the quote from DeAndre. Whoever is in my future wide receiver group, I promise I will make your job easy. Titans? He would make everybody's he job He would be easy. incredible, too. But did you hear the other big thing, too, is Dalvin Cook is trying to vie for him to That's team a- up with him and go. And then, like, they're trying to loop that into the Patriots or whatever. Well... You have to think about this as well. Uh, what team's going to be able to like afford? I mean, Patriots maybe, but like, what to one? What team's going to be able to afford or have the space to be like? Yeah, we're going to take take a pretty top tier running back, and then we're going to take. I would say top tier. So. Yeah, and then we're going to take, I guess, a top tier wide receiver too. Um, you know, I think <laughs> when it comes, if they both wanted to play together, and that was the deciding factor, the Patriots would probably be the best fit because... Yeah, but they would both have to agree, okay, we're taking one-year deals and we're probably going to take a little bit less money each other for, to play with each other. Well, you're, I don't think I'm thinking can. team dynamic more than anything because you have but for Stevenson. That deal done. Yeah, you have Stevenson as the one running back in the New England's room who's you know set to be the starter, but Dalvin Cook would probably take over that role and same thing, D-Hop would become that wide receiver one in their wide receiver room. So, you know, I think fitting-wise, it'd make the most sense if they both wanted to play together. And, you know, like I said, that was the deciding factor. I doubt they can make that work. I don't think a team will bring on both players just because that would be really hard to maneuver. Like you said, they'd have to, you know, probably take a pay cut. I'm not not getting my hopes up just because, like, the Titans have to break the bank for this, and they got to do everything they can to work around the cap gymnastics and pay him what he wants. Yeah, like it's not pay him what you think he's worth; it's pay him what he wants. I don't. If they would not be in this situation if they never signed Ryan Tannehill to a deal where they're paying him that amount of money annually. Well, you know it, what? It doesn't matter. It is what it is. But here is the other but, thing too. At what point does this become a distraction? Like he's got to sign before training camp, right? Uh, not like, necessarily. Well, he's not a pre- can hold the out. other thing is like he he is not somebody who practices. But in order for him to like this uh, Titan, the last thing the Titans want is for this to be another Julio Jones situation where Julio like there was just never any chemistry with Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones because Julio wasn't able, he didn't practice. One, and when he was hurt, he definitely didn't practice. So DeAndre's not going to practice. He'll do walkthroughs before games and stuff like that, but he's got to be there for training camp. And I honestly want to see him on him and Ryan Tannehill have a good amount of drives during the preseason just to get that connection hooked that, up. The connection, the thing, timing. It has to happen. And look, that's not just with the Titans. I think that's with any team. Like he, he can't just, like, DeAndre Hopkins is not going to beat you with speed. He's going to beat you with that jump ball. He's going to beat you with his size, with his ginormous seven-inch hands. That's why one one reason the chemistry it matters, but but also you can just throw throw up the ball, you yeah. know, jump ball, and he more than likely on one on one coverage. He's not he's a, good, going to come he's down not a traditionally it. great route runner. Like he is just a big dude who can go up and bully, and like I think he's still he's pretty above average route runner. In my no, opinion. like he's a, he's average. Huh? I think, but Fable. but. Regardless, I think and if, tell me tell me if I'm wrong. If you think that at what point does this become a distraction for these teams that are wanting to get involved with DeAndre Hopkins trying to form their offense around, hey, do we have DeAndre coming in or not? Like we need to know because like preseason first preseason game is in a week. We like we are a month out from preseason training camp starting. 
I, I don't think I would necessarily call it a distraction because no matter what, all the coaches are going to plan like he's not there right now. And that's the problem, though, because if he does come, then you have to change. Your... You, you don't have to change everything. I, if, he, I, if he's a fit for your offense, and that's what's going to come down to as well, you can plug and play him. Yeah, but I think like it opens up so much more for the Titans specifically because if you have DeAndre Hopkins, and then you have Traylon Burks, and then you have Chicken Quanco and uh, Akine. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, and you have all of these guys. Talk about size if that happens. Exactly. Dude, Man. That, that, that feeds into exactly what the Titans need. That was the whole problem with not having A.J. Brown last year is because Derrick Henry is not able to, they can just stack the box because they know the Titans only have one guy that they can double team on the outside. Yeah. So if you, but if you have DeAndre Hopkins and then you have Traylon Burks and then whoever you want to put in the slot or whatever, then you can pretty much do whatever. That's what made the Titans so good two years ago when they made that run to the number one seed is that they were able to let Derrick Henry get his wheels turning and they were able, if you thought Derrick Henry was going to run, sorry, we're going to throw it 70 yards down the field to Ryan Tannehill and Ryan Tannehill can make that throw. That's the thing. Um, he cannot throw the ball. So 70 not, yards. not seventy yards. Uh, shout out Joe Milton, but not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to correct you on that. The, yeah, I made sure of it. You know what I meant, though. Like just he can pass the ball to a receiver that can run seventy ball. yards. Like he, he, <laughs> he he can get a deep ball down the field. Like it just opens up so much for the Titans offense saying, to though. be able to do what they want to do, and they don't have to worry about if Traylon Burks gets hurt. They're completely out of options. We'll probably be talking about this yeah. for the next, you know, month. I but, hope not. I hope he makes a decision here in the next couple of weeks, and then he can get down to Nashville. Maybe get him a condo. Maybe, you know, get some Hattie B's, and maybe just go go from there. Yeah, exactly. See how things go. Yeah, but I would love to see him on the Titans. I'm not getting my hopes up because I live in a world where all of my sports fantasies go to die, except for the St. Louis Cardinals back in 2011 and 2006, 2006. But back, back 12 years ago, hey, second most winning World Series team of all time. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what we got for this week. It's been fun hanging out with y'all for John Glass, Christian Brown, and Jeff Matthews. So long. Peace.